This boy and girl are going to be well equipped when the time comes to take their places as worthy members of adult society. Aloha, y'all. This is Daniel Eisenman, the host of the Breaking Normal podcast, where my guests are all invited based on the frequency of synchronicity, all done in person, and all trailblazers, and the breaking of all things normal. <laughs> I would say normal is where people are addicted to approval and live their life so that they can fit in with the herd, whereas breaking normal is where people make living inside out as their fashion statement and let their heart's desire guide their way rather than what other people think. So imagine being addicted to authenticity rather than approval. Today's guest is JJ Yosh. This guy is breaking normal. We could probably call him Catman. He's a cat, he's a cat dad, an entrepreneur, lives in one of the coolest houses I've ever been to, and we really discuss a variety of topics uh, ranging from his cat Simon was actually embodied in a spirit of sorts before he was in his cat's body. And since he got his cat, his career has really taken off. We discuss breaking the new normal. We discuss how to leverage social media to your passion, to getting paid to pursue your passion, getting paid to do the things you would pay to do. And finally, we really talk about the whole mask tricks of the matrix at the end of the podcast. So stay tuned towards the end. And if you want to get a sneak peek of my breaking roll book on Audible, read by myself and JP Sears, also listen to the end. I'll include a section of the book as an outro. And you can download that on Amazon and or Audible and or Kindle today. I'd love to see your reviews on that and this podcast so we can pay dividends to the gods of the internet known as algorithms and spread the message of breaking normal because all normal things must come to an end. Normal just like water, just like culture, just like money, just like manure, and just like ideas deserve to be spread out strategically because if they're hoarded, that's where the issues arise. Dilution is the solution to pollution and what's most personal is most universal. So remember that as you move forward with this podcast and other episodes and go ahead and check out my new video blog on Daniel Eisenman's YouTube channel. We're going viral over there and I am creating a video blog called Tribe Vitamins where it is a documentation of me launching my first dietary supplement product after being in the social media game for over a decade now of edutaining people for free 99. Look forward to getting that product in your hands. If you're interested in that, definitely hit me up. Check out the video blogs. Should be available before Christmas. So stay tuned and keep breaking normal. I'd love to hear from y'all. Email me at daniel at breakingnormal.com and feel free to throw some ideas on how we can team up because a happiness shared is a happiness doubled and a sorrow shared is a sorrow half. So let's keep remembering that we're all on, all on the one team of the human race, all cells to the same body, and that if we really want the truth from others, we got to give it first. That's leadership. So keep leading the way, y'all, and keep breaking normal. Peace in. Aloha, y'all. All right. I'm in a special spot. With a special person. When I think of you, J.J. Yosh, I was like even telling Stefan that. I'm like, that guy is breaking normal. <laughs> he is so breaking normal in so many cool ways. I mean, um, you you live with a cat, but it seems like you're living like Batman. Yeah, that's one way to look at it. <laughs> Your cat, Simon. I, I For my brief... Um, research it seems like i'm imagining most people know you from instagram and with your 
epic media around you and the relationship that you have with your cat? Is that right? You know, it's hard to say how people know me uh, with what I'm doing. I mean, yes, I, definitely through Simon, but I don't go out that much anymore because of everything. So <laughs> I'm only around uh, my close circles of of people that I know. So um, it's hard to say what the rest of the world knows these days. Yeah, my guess, um, my quick search, because I think I saw like 456,000 followers on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And then you have a, several other social media accounts. Yeah. I watched your video of the Colorado Adventures with Simon. Yeah. With the, the drive from Telluride to Durango. Okay. okay. Come I, on. Yeah. I might do that drive real soon. This is the time to do it with uh, fall coming, or maybe it's already here, and the leaves changing. I heard it's supposed to snow on Tuesday. Yeah. Um, not necessarily looking forward to that, <laughs> but, um, you know, uh, hopefully it's like, uh, it's quick, and then it goes back to summer again. Well, I, I remember that in the winter. I remember some summer days in the winter last year that were totally epic. The February 2nd in particular. I think it was like 72 degrees, not a cloud in the sky. Boulder has a meme, from my understanding, like if you don't like the weather in Boulder, wait five minutes. Yes. Uh, the weather here changes very quickly. And, um, you know, I mean, I guess it's okay that it's going to snow. Uh, it will be a change in pace for a moment. Um, but I definitely feel like I just got through winter, um, and I don't know if I want to go through another one right now. I, I just that seems. Are you thinking about maybe um, taking a move somewhere for the winter? Is that what well, I'm hearing? I remember the end of last year saying to myself, "I'm going. This is the last winter I'm going to spend in Boulder, Colorado, and I'm going to um, get another place and have a have a winter home." <laughs> which would be more in a tropical location. And, um, well, you know, a lot of uh, plans have kind of shifted. And so, you know, I'm just adapting. Every day it's just adapting. Yeah, you seem quite adaptive. I mean, looking at your property here, I see, like, tools that are meant to make you more adaptive, like the slack line. Um, even your home home is, like, somehow part of a mountaintop that seems like you – and you, last time I was here, he took me on a tour. That I Actually, I literally had to lose my sandals. I'm like, I have to drop these sandals because th yeah. this is getting to be, like, a moderate climb all of a sudden. And I found those sandals the other day. Actually, I, I, when I first saw them, I thought to myself, someone's like trying to break into my house. Um, and then I remembered uh, about a month or so ago that you lost those on the way up. Yeah, we watched uh, an epic kind of like sunset with my or my other roommate, Matt, and um, we're kind of in a similar setting right now. It's really beautiful. It's quite the sanctuary here. I'm imagining you're pretty picky about uh, where you choose to live, or did this just happen recently? I'm pretty particular about everything in my life, every detail. So especially where I live, since it's a major part of my life. <laughs> and I'm happy with the location that I've chosen. It's It looks, especially right now, the clouds are, uh, you know, as you were saying, in Colorado, the weather changes so quickly. But right now, the clouds are hitting the mountaintops and the sun right at, at the right spot. And it's 
kind of creating this sort of fantastical, majestic, uh, fairy tale sort of look right now. So I really like it. Yeah, and on top of that, um, first of all, and before that, I want to say one more time, like, yeah, it's one of the coolest homes I've ever seen, and I've seen a lot of cool homes. Awesome. And secondly, I love how embedded it is in nature, literally and yeah. metaphorically, and then I, when I see what I see on Instagram, it seems like you also not only live in a, an environment that is outdoorsy, but you spend a lot of time in the outdoors. Is that part of your particularities? Uh, do I spend a lot of time in the outdoors? <laughs> it seems like you're running 10 plus miles some of these days, I see. Is that yeah, correct? Yeah, right now I'm kind of on a routine of Thursday I'll do my 14-mile run in the backcountry, and then Sunday will be 20 and up on miles. And and then every other day like I try to get outside at, at least once. Uh, Saturdays I usually spend all day outside. So I'm trying to be more in tune with nature and more in the outdoors um but it's hard to say if i am wait wait you even mentioned all right so the cameraman here my friend elia who's from israel and we have quite the synchronicity to (laughs) share watch the rob ross recent vlogs to understand but we were just talking about he was like he was saying like he doesn't want to sound judgmental but isn't nature like kind of the heal all and then i was like Hey, I hear what you're saying. And really, another layer of that is sleeping outside. I was telling him about like the idea of sleeping outside is yeah. just another layer of the profoundness of yeah. being in tune with nature and the healing properties that, or in the upgrade properties that may have for someone. And then I find out that you know, we walked by some mattresses that are outside. You said you sleep out here most. Well, what's the story with I, you I sleeping tried, outside? Well, right now, since it's summertime and it's warm out, I'm trying to sleep outside as much as I as much as I'm willing to do. And, and so I at least try to make it a habit to sleep outside once a week, which may not seem like a lot, but I'm sometimes it's more than once a week, maybe three nights a week. And, you know, just trying to enjoy the warm weather while it lasts. Cause it's not going to last. And I think that goes for a lot of things in life. Uh, I think I've gotten to the point where I'm just like, if something is going really well, uh, I'm going to really embrace that as much as I possibly can because I've been alive a lo- uh, enough time now to see that life is in cycles. And while there might be moments of floods, there's also moments of droughts. So you got to just be prepared. Nothing lasts. And that can be a good thing if you're in a bad spot. Um, and it can be a, you know, it's just, and if you're in a good spot, you know, you kind of want it to last, but at the same time, having that contrast is what allows us to keep moving forth. If everything was the same, even if you were on a roll, I, I think, um, maybe progress could be slowed down because you would start to get in a complacent state of mind. So that sort of contrast helps, uh, keep, keeps things alive and keeps things going and makes uh you know kind of lights a fire under you so that you don't ever get lazy and i think we're seeing um a lot of interesting things happening in the world right now especially in the u.s um i think actually what's kind of going on right now in general is that um as i was talking to you about cycles um the i think a lot of people were complacent in in life especially in the u.s and now with everything going on it's 
making people really have to wake up. Like we are being forced to wake up. And for some people that's unpleasant. Yeah, I remember, as we were talking about before we pressed record in March, when the national crisis was declared and all this stuff, I'm like, I'm getting out of Dodge. I took my daughter to first Texas. I'm like, I'm getting out of Dodge. And then I went to rural Georgia with my family. And I realized, like, I almost felt like the previous 10 years of me hosting retreats trained me for that experience. Those 50 days in Georgia living with my mom and dad, with my daughter, my dad met my daughter for the first time for 50 days straight, planting gardens, like, and I I was like, man, I don't, uh, it was intense. It was intense. Yeah. And uh, so I hear what you're saying about that. Wake up. Um, I so happened to felt like I got trained for it. I don't know if you feel that way. I actually judge you to be a, like a seemingly a lifestyle design expert. <laughs> like you are trained for this and I'm trained for a lot more. I don't know how you, that resonates with you, but that's my I judgment. I feel like ever since I was consciously aware of my existence in this world today, that part of my Uh, purpose and calling was to prepare for something like this so I've been mentally preparing for at least the last 20 plus years and I think I think it's kind of um I I don't know the right words I was gonna say strange funny um but to have prepared for something so long in your life and for it to actually be here now there's there's a certain uh, weirdness to it because it, it almost doesn't seem real. You know, when there's something that you've kind of had in your mind, even when it's a, let, let's just say like a dream, like this house, this house is like a, a dream house for me. And it's when you've put so much thought into something year after year after year, there's a part of you that thinks it's never going to happen, you know, because it, it it's so, so much time that you have put that thought towards. And when it actually does happen, it's hard to grasp because it is, it's been so, you've had so many years without it (laughs) and it's just been a thought and, or a vision, a thought, which turns into a vision, which turns into, you know, you're striving for it and then it becomes a reality. Now, um, going back to this whole preparedness of everything that's going on with the world right now in the state of the U S I, I can't say I was putting the same amount of dedication and, like I wasn't pursuing this sort of situation to happen, but I did put thought to it and now it's here and, and it's hard to grasp. I still, I mean, it's, it's very hard to grasp. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I we're all going through this. So I, I, when I say this, I know everyone out there can relate to this because it is very hard to grasp and it doesn't feel real, but it is real and we have to we have to accept what's going on otherwise uh it's going to be harder to move forth and and live your day well as we're like alluding to this i'm gonna just say some things i learned once again that we were talking about earlier that recently first of all i saw some strange thing like a strange video about like in a lot hearing a lot of strange things about australia specifically melbourne australia like there's this weird viral video of these police arresting yeah. this pregnant woman because she had made a, like an anti-mandate uh, protest Facebook group or something crazy. And I was like, is this even real? Like, am I, and it seems real. 
you know, it's so hard to know what's real and what's not real anymore with things on the internet and in the media. And I think if we've been challenged more than any time, it, it, it's definitely, at least now, uh, at least in my lifetime, this is the most I've felt like I've ever been challenged in terms of really practicing discernment. And if I could say what a theme of this year is, it's practicing discernment and really getting in an, uh, a good habit of discerning from uh, all the information that is constantly bombarded at us right now because there's a lot of noise. And we have to kind of look inside to know what we really feel is true. And no longer is the media truth. No longer can we just assume that whatever is on the media, it, it must be true. Because up until now, up until this point of my life um, and all the years I've been alive, if the media said it was true, then it must be true. It's kind of like, you know, your encyclopedia is on the bookshelf. If it's in the encyclopedia, then it must be true, right? That's how, if it's in the Bible, it must be true. And, and the thing is, I think with all of, with the media, with our books out there, um, I think what I've learned this year is that just because it's published, just because it's put out there for everybody and it's and they have the loudest megaphone or just because they're wearing a white suit does not make it true and that I, I think um, a lot of people have become divided on this sort of topic this especially this year because you've had the people that are like well this is the facts versus the people that are kind of like more going with their intuition and I would definitely consider myself uh, an individual that follows follows my intuition to the extreme. And uh, you know, I I'm a uh, I for somebody that like I mean, I love to manifest. I love to dream and make my dreams a reality. And I think uh, at least I found for someone like myself that the best way to to fully realize your dreams is by following your intuition following your heart. And so I would say I'm, I'm a man of intuition. That's that's what drives my truth. I, I have to look inside to know what's really true. And I can't just rely on the information that's being put out there by the news. And I think my advice to everyone out there is to to look further in research than just what's in the media, what's in encyclopedias, what, what's on a uh, Google search now. You really have to start comparing and contrasting everything. So don't just use Google search engine, use DuckDuckGo, use uh, Yandex, use all of the other search engines to, to do your research. And when you see something on the news, don't just assume it's true, actually fact check it. If, if it's about a law that uh, Trump has signed, well, look into that law, read the fine print, because a lot of um, what's being put out there is just headlines. It's just sensationalism. And we really have to look in the fine print now. And firstly, the intuition, which I hear totally. I'm curious on a sensational experience, like if you were going to explain it to a, a baby or a like a dog, what is intuition? Intuition is that feeling that 
it's almost this emotional i think we feel it emotionally maybe that's how we respond to it it's an it can be an emotional response where you just have this sort of feeling that uh that comes with comes with any sort of experience that you have so if you see something on if you see a happy scene on tv you're going to feel something and I don't know if that's the best way to describe it. It's the feeling that drives you every day. I, I think the the thing about intuition is you can't explain it in words. I and and yet most of the time when I'm talking about intuition, people just under, they just get it because you already you kind of you you just know what that feeling is. But it's that unexplainable feeling that drives you forward in your life. Yeah, I hear that. I mean, I've I think the Tao Te Ching starts something along the lines of the best way to strip the power from something is to name it. And then I've, that paired with, I remember a book from Blink, I think it's called Blink from Malcolm Gladwell. He talks about how they were trying to like break down, they used an example of one of the best tennis players on earth and they asked them, how does, how does the swing, like how do you do your swing? And then they filmed that in slow motion and what he was saying was actually not what was going on. That it was like an, it was a thing, it was a feeling beyond words. It was like an alignment with with a feeling beyond words. Yeah. If I mean, I, for me, I I feel like a lot of times what I pay attention to is a flutter in my heart. If my heart beat raises, I am very attuned. Uh, So I pay, that's, that's like the cue. It's like, oh, what's happening? What's happening? And then. And yeah, and then aim to process it, but it's probably a process beyond words, and I imagine most people can resonate with that. So that's, that's an interesting topic, though. Um, speaking of that, when you were explaining to me about Simon and like this history of him coming to your life, mm-hmm. as Simon looks over the deck, probably at Araya. Yep. He's probably just watching my doggy down and there by the. <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> How, tell me a little bit about this, because I know that I, I, I bet. I, have you been on many podcasts recently? I'm curious. I do, I do, do about you... a, an interview a week, I'd say. Okay, awesome. Was there one that? What's your? What's the best podcast? Your favorite podcast you've been on? Is there one that comes to mind? Oh, uh, no, there isn't. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's a hard question. Or, okay, awesome. If one comes to mind, or like one of your best for whatever reason, let yeah. me know. But I want to know. I want to know this one want... right now. Awesome. <laughs> I'm I'm living it right now. I'm living my best. Hey, I would. Hey, I'm very excited about this podcast. So thank you for doing it with me. Now that Simon's here, what is what is Simon to you, and how did this happen, and how is he here now, doing what he's doing? I look at Simon as my guardian angel in physical form. Throughout my life, I ha- you know I feel that a lot of us have guardian angels, if not all of us have guardian angels, and there's different ways, there's different words you can describe a guardian angel, um, spirit groups, guiding mentors that are in the spirit world, uh, voices in your head, uh, you know, the it may be intuition, which which is actually we we're just talking about how into that intuitional force that guides you. So Simon for me has been uh a guiding force he, but before he was here four years ago he was in spirit form and uh he would guide me through a lot of my decisions throughout my life it was just kind of that sort of i wouldn't say necessarily 
voice in your head, but yeah, it was a voice in your head, but it was, it was stronger than a voice. It was, it was a calling. And, um, four years ago, um, through a, uh, unexpected surprise, I got Simon was not looking for him. And pretty much within the first week, uh, when I got, when I, his name actually funny enough was my friend Megan had suggested we name Simon Simon and it was just a kind of a sort of thing where I was like you realize I was thinking this in my head I was like Simon is the name of my garden angel and I you know I've known my garden angel forever and that was the name of my garden angel so I was like that was that it was very shocking for me that she said that and I was like yeah that is Simon and then I knew at that point that, you know, within the next couple of days, I knew that Simon was uh, my guardian angel in physical form. And it was very clear that that was the case because of the, su- the success that followed after he came into my life. Also, I, I used to have severe sleep paralysis before I had Simon, and then it kind of went away once I got him. It does seem like he's listening to us. Yeah. Wow. In four years now. Four years. And, wow. And you said you've known Simon forever. Do you, what's your earliest memory of Simon? Well, I do know in high school, in senior year, I got uh, confirmation. So I went to a a Catholic school and we had to do the, I, I did the fourth sacrament of Catholicism, which is confirmation. And so I, um, in confirmation, you basically say like, I want to, be catholic and you you know as like the first sacrament's baptism and you don't really have a choice because you're little when you get baptized like into the into the church of god but then uh when you do so much less violent than a um circumcision as as something that was forced upon a baby well usually i mean in the u.s a lot of us just get circumcised when we're born we don't even have a choice to get circumcised so that's just how it goes totally another conversation (laughs) so you got the uh the baptism sacrament number one yes and then you're and then you have like you have baptism eucharist Mm -hmm. reconciliation and then confirmation. What exactly? So Eucharist. So for the people that might have no idea, that's when you take the body of Christ through the metaphor of eating bread and the blood of Christ through the drinking of the yeah, wine. Correct. And then the um, the one you said the reconciliation. What is that? That's where you tell the priest something you're really ashamed of and and you want to repent for. So either you, whatever you might have done that you regret, that might be bad. And then uh, basically the priest forgives you uh, or God forgives you uh, or Jesus, God forgives you. And then, um, and then you can kind of let go of that and you can move on. You've, you've kind of repented for it. And is that confession done through the box set up? Like, in, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's yeah, not uh, done face to face where, okay. I, like where, or I can't I, I remember, remember when I did it. I think it, I don't think they saw, I don't think I saw them. I bet they could see you. I don't. I don't think That's so. That's so fascinating. Yeah. So and then the fourth one that you were after reconciliation, you said is the fourth one is confirmation. Okay. Fifth is anointing of the sick, or maybe it's marriage is the fifth. Anointing of the sick is the sixth, and then there's one of like uh, I think the seventh one is uh, becoming a priest or being ordained as a priest wow so it's kind of uh there is a there is a possibility that you could have all seven 
uh, there was one priest at our school that did have all seven because he was married at one point and then his spouse died and then he became a priest. And then, um, and then an anointing of the sick is like when someone's about to die, you can do, you can um, prepare them for death. Wow. I mean, we, you were getting to this with a, something about the confirmation and Simon, am I remembering correctly? <laughs> yeah. So confirmation, you have to, you're basically saying, I want to remain Catholic. I want, I will re, I want to integrate these principles in my life. And then you have to choose a confirmation name. And I chose Simon. And Simon, I mean, Simon seems to be a special cat. I mean, some the videos, I see him swimming yeah. with you like he's a dog. I've never seen a cat swim like that. Yeah, I mean, uh, the first time I realized that Simon could swim was on accident when he went overboard when I was kayaking and we were in the middle of a lake. And I was pretty scared that he was going to drown, but he, he followed the kayak back to shore. <laughs> Wow. And then it, and it's so cool how y'all have created a business together. That's yeah. amazing. And it's interesting too, because the last three books I listened to, because I'm in the midst of aiming and intending to launch the first product of a new brand before Christmas. So I've been doing some research and development of sorts. And I read uh, 12 Months to a Million from Ryan Daniel Moran, YouTube Secrets from Benji Travis and Sean Connell. And then one million followers from another, I forget the author's name. And then I, re, I was connecting that like on the drive up here because I just finished the one million followers book. And I was like, man, you seem like to be an expert at this social media game. When I was um, seeing you kind of talk to Matt about some ideas for his brand, uh, is, this, is that your main gig? And how long have you been doing this? And do you, I mean, I'd just be curious to hear you talk about social media and how that can be leveraged to build a business. Yeah. Uh, social media is, I would say, the vehicle of all my sources of income. Okay. There are different ways that we tackle social media. One is just through my uh, social platforms where we work with brands and do endorsement campaigns. We also create content for companies. So just acting as a production company. And uh, I do consultant work. I help other uh, influencers and brands grow their accounts. Uh, Instagram, I mean, pretty much every one of them now. Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. And not LinkedIn or Snapchat? I can do LinkedIn, yeah. Okay. I'm just curious. I mean, I've, I've yeah. heard with those three books combined. Have you ever listened or read any of those books by any chance? Those three that I mentioned, they're a pretty good collaboration, if I'm saying that word right, of like different ways to do this, to do what I think you're a professional in. So um, I yeah, I guess a professional is something you get paid in. So yeah. yes, <laughs> I am a professional. Yeah. I don't know if I'd consider myself like a top-notch expert because I'm still learning. I definitely specialize in this so i can help out i can give you tips for sure um but i don't know everything <laughs> that is about social media if i did i would be completely like i'd be really winning the game right now <laughs> yeah and you're kind of like a you're kind of like a fitness model as well so i know fitness is a big thing so i'm just trying to make sure i remember all the things i want to talk yeah. about but the fitness in the social media is that somehow intertwined and what were you doing before this? Or is it, have you been just doing this for a really long time? I don't know. Because we just recently met, but I knew intuitively 
Like this guy is so breaking normal. We gotta get him on the podcast. <laughs> uh, so w- when it comes to social media, it, my social media influencing side of things, it's important to integrate your brand. Well, you have to have a brand, and in order to determine your brand you kind of either need to create a character for your brand or you tie in aspects of yourself, passions that you might have all together and that creates a unique brand. So for me, my brand is I'm a cat dad that goes on adventures with my cat. That's kind of the log line, I would say. That's my angle. And it's a unique angle, mainly because it's very true. It's so true to my core. So the the truer you are to your core, the more unusual, unusually unique you'll be because there's only one of you in this entire planet that we know of. And the more that you harness who you are, the individualities of who you are, the uh, more unique your brand will be. And that's usually what I tell my clients that I'm consulting really dive into who you are so if you like to dance if you're a baseball player and if you like to eat a lot well how can you take eating a lot with dancing with baseball well now we have tiktok so you can literally make funny videos of you doing baseball moves you know as you're about to hit the hit the bat now you have like a dance that you are going to how you're going to swing. You got a dance set up. And while you're doing all this, you're eating a cheeseburger. So it's definitely goofy combination, but it's, I'm pretty sure it's going to be one of a kind out there. I haven't seen any TikTok videos of, of someone doing a dance routine with a baseball bat swinging and eating a cheeseburger at the same time. So it would definitely be unique. Yeah, I also resonate deeply with that. I used to have a Breaking Normal Cool Bus, and on the back of it was branded, what's most personal is most universal. Meaning that, yeah, if I can find just another way of paraphrasing and the that mantra of being authentic. So that's uh, kind of what I did with my with my social media. It's It's, it's all about integrating all the different facets of myself into into my brand into my platforms and they have changed throughout the years i wasn't always a cat dad i didn't always go on adventures with simon so before that uh, i was doing more outdoor adventure more extreme outdoor adventures and so my platforms revolved around my adventures that was kind of a a focus of it and I did a lot of climbing um you know before and and so I would showcase a lot of my mountaineering and climbing adventures Hmm. and uh fitness is definitely a huge part of my life I health and fitness so that's that's integrated right now into my story so it's just all about kind of harnessing all the different aspects of you and then and then showcasing it on your platform. And you can work with a lot of brands and be able to give advice to others on what products to use, whether it be in the outdoors or would it, whether it be fitness related or with a cat, you know, what's the, what's the best hiking uh, gear for a cat and how, you know, how tips and trades uh 
tips and tricks in the trade for how to take your cat hiking. So our focus has changed um, over the years, and I, but I've been doing this. Uh, I've been doing this since the beginning of social media. Uh, I got into it like in 2014, 2012, but I but I was doing um, media up until 2005. Okay. Me, so, what kind of media were you doing before? Making documentaries, outdoor documentaries. Oh, and, nice. And then just, I, I do a lot of commercials. And Did you grow up with like brothers or? Who? I have two brothers and a sister. And yeah. were they into this outdoor extreme? No. So where did no. you catch this passion? I had to force them to go to the creek. Uh, so you have two brothers young. and a sister, you said? <laughs> they never wanted to go to the creek when we yeah, were in, nice. Tah- in Tahoe, so... <laughs> I had to force them. They didn't like that. Um, yeah, I do have two brothers and a sister. Where do you younger. fall in the line? You're the oldest? Yeah, I'm the oldest. That's the same exact lineup for me. Oh, yeah? Two younger brothers and the youngest is a sister. Is that the same thing for you? Two brothers and the youngest sister, yeah. <laughs> wow, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah. I'll have to admit that I've, I've admitted to other people that had two brothers. And like I realized at one point in my life, like a lot of my best friends had two brothers. It was just like actually odd when I calculated oh. people I connected with. Interesting. Okay. I don't know if you've ever noticed any kind of pattern like that. There, yeah, I do notice patterns, but but maybe not with uh, siblings. <laughs> maybe with with other with other aspects of like a lot of people that I hang out with. Maybe were Catholic at one point, or went to private schools, or are you Catholic currently? Um, it, is... I I'm I'm everything now. Okay. Well, I think I'm primary. I think my my philosophy is rooted in Christianity because I know the most about Christianity. I don't know the I don't know a lot about uh, religions like Buddhism and Islam and uh, Judaism. So because of that, maybe if I did, I, I'd maybe uh, be connected more to those. But because this is my religion that I uh, grew up with it's just it's how I kind of see the world how does your religious like orientation compare to your siblings I definitely was always the one who is more spiritual and more about the whole religious aspects of my life because um, I remember like trying to get even my mom and my dad to go to church more and when I was growing up and it was mainly because they were the kind of the opposite. You know, I, I did whatever they, I did the opposite of anything they did. That was how I, you know, I was a nonconformist and I wanted to always challenge the norms. So if they were doing something, I was going to do the opposite. And since they weren't that religious, I was going to be really religious. <laughs> and was that in Lake Tahoe? Do y'all, you said, is that where you're from? Or something? No, we had a house in Tahoe that we would go to all the time, but I grew up in San Jose. Okay. It's funny you say that. Cause that's where he's heading next. The cameraman. Where is he heading? Lake Tahoe. Oh yeah. Yeah. Before you go back to Israel, correct? Yep. Lake Tahoe. I have a lot of special memories there. I'm not sure if you do as well. It sounds like you might. Yeah. I've, been there so many times so lots of memories yes any top recommendations for him if he's going to be there for how long a month month. i didn't know you're gonna be there for a month wow well he's going a bad time why is that it's gonna get cold (laughs) and i've been there more from the spring and the summer but yeah we'll talk about more recommendations that's a that's a special spot now on these adventures 
it sounds like they're kind of some of them might have been extreme. Mm-hmm. Was there any that are like memorable? Like you're like I would not do that again or recommend it. Oh yeah. What any come to mind when I ask you that? I'd love to hear about it. When I was in Bolivia in 2012, I was climbing the Illimani, and um, I we were shooting a documentary, our, our movie Ancient Tomorrow, and there were just so many uh, parts of the trip that we were that we were not prepared for and we were climbing this 21,000 foot peak and I was climbing with two others that were really not as experienced mountaineers and we did have a guide with us but it was um there are a lot of scary moments on that trip because of the inexperience that we shared and even though we had this experienced guide with us it was still um we were in we were in uh, over our heads on that trip, and there were moments where we thought we were going to die. That was what, like what, scary. like from being cold, from like falling, from what was it? With we were, we were free soloing some pretty sketchy parts of the route that we should have been roped in, and and it was some of it was covered in ice, which is crazy. Like when you when I think about it now, it was. It was crazy because when you're not doing with ropes and you have these sheer drops, one sloppy move and you're you're gonna fall thousands of feet. It just wasn't, yeah. So I I think that was um just not the smartest thing that I did. And I think those sort of climbs because that wasn't the the that wasn't the last time or the first time that happened. <laughs> uh, so those sort of situations that I got myself into over and over and over again um really kind of made me think twice about this whole trying to climb these crazy mountains so i kind of it makes a lot more sense when we scrambled up this mountain this little thing here yeah because you were smoking up that thing and i was like man i i for me i was like i can tell you climb now and i know a little more history Uh i'm like okay that seemed key. You made it look easier than I think. But I instilled confidence. You, in yeah, you, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. You. I, I, that was my other thing. That was like I also could tell because I judged you to have so much climbing experience. I'm like, I think he knows that we're good. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty mild. Yeah, that was very mild. Yeah. I, I just it was like more. It was a surprise to me when I was like, oh, because the backyard is uh, basically a little. What is this? What is this stack of rocks? Is that that's natural? I haven't fully <laughs> figured it out yet, <laughs> yeah. But I'm constantly wondering that myself. <sighs> so that's a mystery that's gonna unravel itself eventually. And if you do get this, win- uh, if you move somewhere for the winter, where are you? I'm get- not moving. Uh, but if, if like, let's just uh, any winter in the future, where would yeah. be the best place to have a, a, a another home so that you could go to in the winter? I'd really like to have another house in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. I feel mm-hmm. called there. I got to figure out how I'm going to get Simon in and out of that place because mm-hmm. it's really hard to bring a pet over to Hawaii. You have to put them in quarantine. Yeah, we thought about having De- Deanna give birth to Davina in Maui, and then we had Araya as a puppy under 10 months. I couldn't find a way to not prevent some absurd potential quarantine. I was like, what the? I guess we're not going there. Yeah. But I am curious what you'll find out about that. Uh, well, no, I mean, I know that there's a quarantine. So you must quarantine 
Yeah, like I, her, him, him. I, it's a lengthy process. Man. So I, 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 I don't know Oprah's how doable private plane. it is to do private plane. Oprah's like just like I don't, you, I don't know if this, she might be. I'm just joking. I'm just. Speculating. I don't even know. <laughs> I I don't know if even if you did a private plane, if you could get around that, but maybe you could. I wonder. I wonder. Yeah. I've thought about it because I when I heard when I when I hear something that's like oh that can't be done, I get pretty curious. Yeah. I'm like what? I don't even. That's just that to me can't is one of the most blasphemous words I've ever heard since we were talking religion earlier. Yeah. <laughs> is there anything else else you want to talk about? We're almost at a uh, minute 44. A minute 44? Like a uh, minute 40, like 44 minutes in. The cr- the earlier creative constraint that I put on the oh, conversation. Okay. Got I'm, it, I'm wondering, got like, it. is there anything that's coming to your mind or heart that you would, because I'm not at all rushing. I have till an hour and 11 minutes. Oh, gotcha. But is there anything you want to bring to the table that we haven't uh, talked about? No, I mean, I, I, I'm just letting the conversation flow. I, I don't, I don't know. And hmm. it, it's whatever needs to be brought up right now. <laughs> since we're, since we're free flowing it and not going off a script or beat sheet or anything like that. Well, since we're in Colorado, I'll say the prayer in the form of some smoke <laughs> signals to the. Okay. The gods of the sky. And then while I do that, speculate. What about for myself? Like, uh, So right now, I'm basically in the process of um, running a video blog on my old Rob Ross channel. Have you ever seen Rob Ross by any chance? We have 36.5 thousand followers on YouTube. But it's like really, it's fizzled. It's been a long time, and we have a lot of vegan haters on there. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, and then, so um, <laughs> I'm creating a video blog to launch this product called Tribe Vitamins. Okay. And I've hinted that it's a my first physical product, and that it's um it's good for <laughs> uh, pregnant women and recovering vegans, especially. So that's that's all I'm saying about it right now. Yeah. But I'm super stoked about it. Oh, I am like. This is a passion project, for real. Yeah. And I'm video blogging about it, but without giving too much away until it's ready for the market. And I don't know, I have Rob Ross, I have that YouTube channel, and I have Breaking Normal, the book, and you see my Daniel Eisenman, the Instagram. It's all a little, it's it's a lot. It's like, I feel like there's a way, there's got to be a way to distill this. And I'm, and I'm being patient with the process and being authentic along the way. Um, and here I am. You're trying to combine multiple things. I yeah, it's hard. I'm just like I, I feel like I'm juggling a lot of different products and to fit products and projects, and it's hard to like discern or challenging to discern how to what social media to use for what. Because there's Daniel Eisenman, the author of Breaking Normal and the host of the uh, the podcast, and then there's Rob Ross, like Danimal the Rob Ross from this like crazy YouTube vegan that started telling the truth about the vegan diet, that started hosting retreats and all kinds of crazy things. And then there's like this ultra viral video element of the Ohm Daddy. I'm not sure if you saw any of those videos, but that's like me oming my daughter. She go they they like one of my videos may have be viewed a hundred million times. The original Ohm Daddy video, and it all I sometimes I feel like it's so scattered, mm. and I'm like. I appreciate it, but I feel like I could probably use some expert advice whenever it comes or someone to be like, oh, this is how you, this is how you do this. And that might be a conversation farther down the line, but I'm just thinking out loud for myself, maybe some other people that 
I know and allies that I know that are juggling a lot could probably um, resonate with that. Like I, I, I'm, I respect how you have it so distilled into the the cat dad is going on adventures. Yeah, you know, even though it appears that it's distilled, um, in my mind, there are a lot of other projects that I'm trying to to also accomplish right now. Um, and I find that they don't have as much momentum behind them as my everyday daily operations, which is putting little videos together for Simon every day. So how do I get around that? How do I get momentum for these other projects that I want to pursue yet uh, they're not at the front line? And something that I don't don't do <laughs> that uh, I've been given advice from others to do for my mentors is to ask, you know, to, to get quiet, meditate, Look out into nature, take a deep breath, and close your eyes and just get kind of silent and at peace with yourself for a moment. And then just kind of ask one question as when I ask one question of like, what am I supposed to be doing right now? And just kind of uh, breathe that question in and whether it be 10 minutes or 20 minutes of silence and see if there's any sort of response. See what sort of images might pop up in your mind, what sort of um, feelings you might get. And and uh, if you do that, if you get in a regular habit of doing that uh, every day, uh, you might start to develop more clarity around your purpose right now and where you should go with things so and another thing you can do too is you can always um pray and um show gratitude towards the things that you are looking to accomplish right now so if you're if you are looking for clarity and discernment and distillation in your life then maybe you should be saying thank you that you already have it so you think things that you want so that you train your mind to believe that you already have it so if it's clarity that you want then thank uh you know thank the universe thank divine for that clarity and and that way you'll be able to then uh train your mind and your spirit. Well, in one way, you're you're thanking your spirit. So your gratitude is a high vibration. So that's going to help your consciousness. And then another thing, part of it is you're also training your mind. So that's what I would advise. I don't do that enough at all. I I wish that I was better about that. I need to develop more discipline. Um, but I can imagine if I did that all the time that I would probably be in a way better, calmer place right now. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I was like, unless I got in meditation, that's awesome. Um, 
on that note, real quickly, is there? Do you have a practice? Like, if you're going to try to amplify yourself as much as possible, and then do you have a practice if you're going to try to calm yourself down as much as possible? Do you have anything that you do around those situations? When it comes to amping myself, that this is probably the hardest question of the session. How do I calm myself? How do I amp myself? Hmm. Well, I think I think uh, this isn't something that necessarily can be answered in the short term. I think I've developed some habits in my lifestyle to keep myself flowing. One of the things that really helps me to feel like I'm living a more balanced lifestyle is is my running schedule. I really, I would say one of the most important parts of my life is my trail runs. And I'm very grateful that I have that sort of outlet to go out in the mountains in the backcountry and run. I get exercise, which satisfies my body. I'm out in the outdoors in very beautiful places in this area in the high mountains and for me being in the high mountains of being in the high mountains is, is a very spiritual experience and it's something that my spirit really craves it can help me to focus my mind and get more clear and kind of release a lot of that tension and anxiety that i might have and it allows me to receive new ideas as well, uh, which can goes right back into what you were asking right before. How do you um, get discernment and clarity around the things that you want to accomplish right now so that you can fuse them all together? So yeah, running is a huge part of my my daily maintenance and my, my weekly maintenance to be able to calm, both calm and amp myself. I think another thing is eating really really exciting food. I was going to say really good, healthy food, but it's not just about good and healthy. It's also about meals that excite you. And one thing that I do regularly is I, I like to cook a new meal every single day for me that I'm not okay. Just eating leftovers from the day before I do eat my leftovers for my lunch, but I like to every night cook a new meal because I'm excited about the new meal. Food is a very important part of my life and I get excited about what I'm going to eat. For me, food is not just about surviving. It's it is a it's it's one of the pleasures in, in my life. So I like to really take time to cook amazing food. I look up recipes on uh, the internet. I create new recipes based on the recipes I find and I get a real pleasure out of cooking and then eating the food that I create and uh, so that's another way that I kind of amp myself up in my life so I think it's just about like creating um, passions and your pursuing passions in your life and and creating habits in your life that uh, that excite you I think that's really what it comes down to because even the trail runs that I plan out I I go on and I plan out my trail runs. I'm always trying to new variations of the runs that I'm doing. And that keeps my life exciting. 
So I feel like between the new runs and the new food ideas that, and, and not only new food ideas, but new activities that I create with my friends, that really helps me to uh, keep my life constantly feeling fresh, new, and exciting. And that amps me up and also calms me down. I love that. I love I love how you, you distilled it into like food and running with friends, food, running with friends. That's what yeah. when we did the Rob Rouse, it was about food, fitness, and fun. So I can obviously resonate with what you're saying. And I love that, like, instead of what's good for you, like, what's exciting? And, obvi- and, tr- and trust that it's good. Trust that yeah. if we're discerning that what's good. I, I, tip, I typically, like, lean towards what's in season. Like, when right now, peaches are in season in Colorado. Like, the trees are orgasming. <laughs> He's beautiful over. He's covered in this fruity flesh that is yeah. so nutritious and yummy. And so I tend to lean toward seasons and synchronicity and whole food ingredients. And I like that you have that passion that says a lot. Um, I'd love to do, speaking of food, I, oh, I, and something I've got passionate about recently is making popcorn. Okay. Making organic popcorn with like a whirly pop thing and then adding my own ingredients. I've been loving doing that and recommend it. Um, but I would love to do a little popcorn with you. Just real quick questions, real quick answers. Okay. Uh, and we can do that for like a couple minutes and then and then enjoy the rest of the sunset without this headset on. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> I can go first. Are you ready? Sure. All right. All right. Hmm. Right. So when when I talk about popcorn, when I talk about popcorn, do you have an ex- do you have a memory about popcorn right now? The first one that comes to mind, the first memory that pops up when I ask you about popcorn. Topsies. What's that? It's a brand of popcorn that's made in Kansas City, where you get them in tubs that come in threes. There'll be three sections in the tub, and there'll be a caramel popcorn, there'll be a cheesy popcorn, and then there'll be a cinnamon red popcorn. And I'd get them all. I'd get them for my mom would always get them for like Christmas time, so I'd be eating those a lot. Something I caught that was that a ra- uh, raven or crow that just yeah. It's beautiful. Wow, you popped that popcorn. Thank you. All right, you got a question? <laughs> I don't. So I'm supposed to ask you Any a question, question too? Yeah, yeah. We just go back and forth real quick. Oh yeah. For a few minutes. Questions. I don't know if I'm really a. What am I a question person? Do I ask? People Is that your questions? question to me? Is that construction here? Um. <laughs> I'm just going to ask the same question back at you. What's your first experience of, or what's, what comes to mind when I say popcorn? Oh, I think, um, Davina, like Davina, my daughter with like green chlorella all over her mouth. <laughs> Cause that's one of the toppings we put in there Oh, and she, uh, loves it. She loves it. Like you so said, just see her. So like that happy, smiley, green face, green chlorella popcorn. I don't think that would taste good. No, it's not the only ingredient. We got raw honey, butter, uh, stevia, salt. Okay, okay. that will taste good. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay. Yeah, it's really good. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and the, the butter and the honey, I kind of like fry in a pan. So then when I pour it, like it caramelizes it all. <laughs> it's nice. Doesn't sound healthy at all. This popcorn does not sound healthy. It's super But I guess that's like one of your um, cheat foods. <laughs> I think it's you know my my uh, I mean unless someone's just like completely out of touch, my belief tends to lean towards like someone believes what they're eating is healthy for them and they really have that joy and that excitement. It's gonna be my opinion. That's one of the healthier foods they could eat. Okay. And yeah, this pop. I think that popcorn's healthy. Okay. <laughs> my is it my? No, I ask you a question. Yeah. Okay. What's your favorite part about living here? Here as in... Like in this house. This, this house, yeah. this, this land. Yeah. It's peaceful. Uh, it's beautiful. I, I'm a man of beauty. I love beauty. And I love to surround myself with beauty. I'm very visual. So I think what I really love about living here is the beauty around me. I think it's so important to look around and, and be in awe of the beauty that you live in. And I think one thing I've been really trying to do with all the places that I live is to make sure that I'm living in a beautiful place. Because if you wake up every day and you don't look around and see beauty, then that's going to play into every aspect of your life. And so living in a beautiful place really helps me to it helps me to maintain and spread that to all the other areas of my life. It's 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 important for manifestation. Nice and then and then that that becomes a cool conversation when like what someone can find beautiful. And I would say it's extra easy to see the beauty here. So good job. <laughs> Yeah, so what do you consider beautiful? Oh, nice. Nice, you forgot the question fast. What is beauty for you in your life? I think when something seems to be aligned with their nature. So like a flower blossoming, a peach tree blossoming, um, shoot, a mother giving birth, um, a, a geyser going off. Um, a wave, a wave that like is scares, scares me almost to like thinking about death and then real and like feeling so attracted to being right in the middle of it. That, 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 that those are some things I find beautiful for sure. Yeah. Thanks for asking. Yeah. <clears throat> hmm. Hmm. What's your favorite thing about your sister? I've never been asked that question before. Uh, I think, I think she's been supportive lately, which, uh, which is important. I, I, out of all my siblings, actually, she's been the most supportive lately. She wasn't always like that, but at least now, uh, she is. And, and as I get older, I realize that support is one of the most important things in life when it comes to your connections with other people. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think that's what I 
what I feel right now with that. Nice. <laughs> that was a hard question. Um, <laughs> so, where do you want the world to go in the next five years? Mm, yeah, I mean, that, that brings up a lot. It's like my wants. I'm like, I'm suspicious of my wants. One of my grandma's favorite sayings, and she lived to 100, and it was a lie about Jesus. She's like, when I change my want-tos, when I change my want-tos, like everything shifted for her, and she just seemed so at peace. Yeah. Um, what my want is, yeah, I guess for, the way I see it currently, I think my biggest situation currently is there seems to be like a real polarization and and consciousness in a way it almost seems like there's like an Armageddon and an ascension going on simultaneously and I guess I want the I, I, I want other people to see the, the way I see it isn't that ridiculous like a little mm. baby saying that yes. like I, I think I want that but I don't I don't want that either so I guess I, I just want to be at um, I want more people to be at peace with what's happening in the world and feeling like they are contributing to that peace individually and collectively. I want it like to be, I want everyone to feel like they're surrounded by people. They're upgrading the situation on purpose and they're on the same team, like more on the same team. Like I want people to wake up that this, we're on the same team. It's fun to be on different teams, whether it's religions or politics or even down to sports teams. But that we're still one team, or the human race, and a lot. Of, I feel like a lot of other race, races are depending on us. Bison. I feel like bison are depending on us. I feel like there's other species that are depending on us teaming up, and it goes to the plant species. It goes to the earth. Like maybe the earth is really like wow, calling us up, calling us up. So that's where I want the world to go. More of that unity and making more fun of our differences, like making it more fun that we think differently rather than dividing us. Because I think it's fun when people think differently than me. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that's going to be a fun situation as long as no one's going to resort to violence or like, yeah. an unnecessary disconnection. Anyways. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. <laughs> all right. Last question each. Okay. All right. What do you think about the mask uh, mandates? I think it's... Uh, I think it's a symbol of our loss of humanity. Now, if it's actually true, if the whole mass thing is actually a real thing, uh, then I would think that we require people to wear specific rated masks because if the whole purpose of a mask is to prevent getting the spread of this virus then uh, we should be using masks that actually work not these not encouraging a face covering of any kind like handkerchiefs and bandanas because most people I know don't wash their um, bandanas so they're literally breathing in dirty bacteria and whatever else is on that 
handkerchief that you might have sneezed into or um, wiped your butt with or um, cleaned up your children's mess with or who knows what what you've used that for and where it's been inside your car um, through the crevices of your car and you know through the daily heating and cooling of your car that it's left there you know what sort of things are growing on it so I mean I, even just talking about that right now it seems so unpleasant to put that thing on your face because most people don't wash it so I think uh, in order for it to actually be a a suitable and appropriate mandate it should be required that we wear specific masks that actually are top notch rated that could actually uh, prevent a virus, but the, these handkerchiefs are not preventing viruses considering that if you were to smoke in them, the smoke gets come, goes right out of it. So, uh, so yeah, I, uh, don't think, uh, the mask mandate is the way to go, but, um, clearly a lot of other people do. So that's their opinion. And, um, you know, me and Simon are going to remain in our healthy outdoor environment up here until the mask mandates end. <laughs> yeah, you mean, uh, anyways, that, well, you answered the question. I was going to maybe like say, you mean like you're really not participating in the mask wearing? I think uh, maybe it's, that's a, my lack, last, no, I think my it's a lack yeah. of humanity. Um, I have been looking into getting one that's completely clear so that I, so people can see my face because I think um, one thing that's lost through these masks is you can't see people's expressions. And when you can't, it's kind of like when celebrities wear sunglasses. They wear sunglasses so you can't look them in the eyes so that they can kind of be, so they don't feel that their space is being invaded. And uh, so kind of when you wear a mask on your face, you're covering up your emotions. And that uh, I have found that when I interact with people, people are less friendly to me when I have sunglasses on. They're more friendly to me and more respect, respective to me when I don't wear sunglasses. So I actually try not to wear sunglasses as much as possible because, you know, when people have to look at your eyes, it's intimidating and they're, you're less likely to be disrespectful to somebody when you can see their eyes. And I think with the masks on, I think it's it's allowing people to be for the same sort of uh, same sort of line. I think wearing a mask is allowing people to be more uh, disrespectful to each other because you can't see their expressions now. So it's like, well, you know, I'm not I'm not going to say hi. I'm not going to be as polite. I'm not going to you know, I'm going to just be a little bit more brash with my uh, responses to people. And it creates this sort of fear responses around people. People are more fearful of each other um, because you're wearing this sort of protection on you. So it's like you're literally saying, like, we, ha we have a barrier between you and I. There is a barrier. And so I feel like now we're creating this sort of barrier um, to each other when before I felt like it was more open. So I, yeah, I... <laughs> I, I don't I don't like what's going on right now. And I hope it ends soon. Hmm. All right. Well, we, we both kind of cheated on these questions. You have one last one. And thanks for cheating on the questions. That, How that do you good. feel about masks? 
Oh, I think it's basically a um, it's a, a beta testing, just like most anything would be beta tested. It's like a beta testing of compliance from our from people in power, and uh, it's pretty revealing. I think you know. I guess a vaccine. It's it's hard for me to, you know, you're talking about things. Is this real? It's hard for me to see these conversations going on. Is this real? Especially when I heard like things recently about like up to 90% of the CDC, like the CDC (laughs) reported that up to like 90% of the death reports may have been deceptive in the sense that there was pre-existing conditions. And then I just heard something else. I think from the New York Times explaining how the test is not even potentially that accurate the way it's being done and i i've heard that before from other fr- like friends from like luke story he's like uh, he's interviewed this doctor that explained this quite clearly but now the new york times is talking about it and i'm like man um yeah y'all we're just getting tested and it's i mean i think we're gonna uh, we've been getting tested forever i mean there's fluoride almost in every public drinking water supply and what who knows what's going on in the sky i'm still confused about all that and the whole thing with like the glyphosate and roundup and the air going to all these crops i mean yeah i've heard just way too much i i feel like with the internet and how news is spread now and people trying to censor things and the lack of censorship and how news spreads so much like wildfire it's just being revealed. It's being revealed what's... These secrets are not going to last much longer. And people that are wearing masks, I think it's kind of like the final symbology of like, are you going to buy into this or not? Um, and I wear a mask when I go into a store out of respect to the owner because that's what they ask me to do. And then sometimes I'll like nasal breathe and have my nose uncovered. And I've had people get aggressive towards me. I've had people get aggressive about like, my nose is not being covered. I've had people scream at me for swimming in a river. Because I guess they put a fence up. Like I, don't, I guess it says it's closed. I'm like, the river's not closed. This is, a, this is a suggestion, just like wearing a mask is a suggestion, just like getting vaccines is a suggestion, just like getting a circumcision is a suggestion. They seem like they are rules, but they're not. That's what I think about masks. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. And that's what I think about Breaking Normal. So thanks for Breaking Normal with me. Yeah. Thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah. Do you, um ha- like for anyone that's, like for this group of people that are listening, is there any suggestions of where, if they're like, man, I want to follow this guy, where where would be the first place to look? Uh, you go on Instagram, JJ Yosh, mm-hmm. and JJ Yosh is my handle for my TikTok, oh, yeah, my TikTok, YouTube channel, Facebook, and then follow my cat too, Backpacking Kitty. <laughs> so yeah well thanks go. thank you for breaking normal sincerely of course keep doing it y'all oh we are over time one hour 13 we broke normal again this boy and girl are going to be well equipped when the time comes to take their places as worthy members of adult society appendix top 10 hacks for breaking normal Number one, wake up. Wake up naturally, no alarms, no electronic devices, and don't stress about doing it. Simply do it if and when you want to. Sleep when you're tired and wake up when you're rested. Simple, right? It is. But look at how many challenges we create for ourselves by not doing it. 
Look at all the stress that comes from trying to outsmart our bodies rather than work with them. For what? We all know how good it feels going to bed on Friday night knowing that we get to sleep in on Saturday morning. It's wonderful. Even the thought of it makes us smile. So why don't we do it every night? Why don't we surrender to sleep when our bodies tell us? Stay sleep as long as it needs and wake up when it naturally wants. Because it's not realistic? Because it's not practical? Actually, it's very realistic, very practical, and what's more, it's very sensible. It took quite a story to convince us otherwise. Imagine going to bed every night with a feeling of abundance rather than scarcity. Imagine getting all the sleep you need and desire. How could that abundance not carry over into the rest of your day? Perhaps the resistance to this idea, writing it off because you think it is impossible, is indicative of how far you've actually strayed. Sure, you might have to make some other life changes in order to make it happen, but by changing the way you wake up, you might actually wake up. Number two, cold shower and or polar plunge after getting out of bed. Cold water is a game changer. It wakes you up better than coffee or tea, not that I'm against either, and provides huge health benefits. It is a natural stimulant to the sympathetic nervous system, increases alertness, reduces inflammation, circulates blood and lymph, accelerates metabolism, enhances immune function, and speeds recovery. Cold water is a good spiritual practice. You can think about it all you want. You can stand in the shower with your hand on the knob or dip your toe in the water in procrastination. But eventually, you get to turn off your mind and jump in. Cold showers get you fun, comfortable, first thing in the morning reinforcing the daily habit of going outside your comfort zone because that's where all the growth takes place. And if you don't have what it takes to practice being fun comfortable in the comfort of your own home, what business do you have being fun comfortable in front of a crowd? How will you lead others to grow if you can't lead yourself? Number three, hydrate. The solution to pollution is dilution. When you think you are hungry, drink some water first, the best water you can get, infused with fresh lemon. You might find, after drinking a liter or so, that you weren't actually hungry, only thirsty. If you do eat afterwards, however, your digestion will be improved. Lemon has healthy enzymes, electrolytes, and vitamin C, and helps alkalize the body. Chew your water, drink it slowly, swish it in your mouth, mix it with saliva before swallowing it down. Drink water first thing in the morning before eating breakfast and drink plenty more throughout the day. Number four, sit in the sun, naked. Not only for the vitamin D, not only because it's fun comfortable, not only because it increases healthy hormone production, gives you energy and makes you grow, do it because it feels good. Do it because it is your birthright. Find the balance between too much sun and too little, son. Bonus, get grounded while you're at it. Go barefoot in the grass, in the dirt, on the beach, etc. Shoes are great, but the shadow side is that they might separate us from the Earth's electric current. So go outside with your shoes off and see how your mood changes. Water, paradoxically, is also grounding. Walk through a creek, in the rain, or beneath a waterfall. Not only will this ground you, it will flood you with mood-enhancing negative ions. 
Maybe kids have so much energy and spirit because they run barefoot through the grass while playing with hoses and sprinklers. Number five, consciously eat local, organic, in-season foods with an attitude of gratitude for each ingredient and how it got to you. Take a moment to smell your food, look at your food, touch it, appreciate it, and pray for it. Maybe the degree to which you can be grateful for your food is the degree to which your food will be good for you. Know that what you are eating is turning into you, becoming a part of your body, providing fuel for your fire. Drink your food and chew your water. Number six, functional fitness. Keyword, fun. Working out can be fun. So whatever that means to you, that's what I'd advise you to do. Sometimes I do it outside, in the sun, in the grass, doing whatever I feel, like a 100% effort. Sprints, handstands, squats, pull-ups, dead hangs, etc. I get more done in seemingly less time, though in actuality, time itself is flying by, because I'm having fun. Other days I go to the gym because that's what I feel like doing. Those days might be more traditional workouts, but I upgrade them by simultaneously listening to motivational speeches and mixes. It's a heightened sensory experience. Rather than only hearing the words, I feel them with my whole body. I absorb them into my mind, heart, muscles, and lungs. Literally, I am growing inside out, strengthening inside and out, overcoming resistance externally while pushing myself internally. Bonus. Listen to audiobooks while getting massages. It feels as if the words are being rubbed directly into you, allowing you to absorb more of what you're learning. Number seven, tell the truth. Practice being more honest in your daily life and relations. Use this phrase to get you over that hump of resistance. I have something I want to share, but I observe that I'm nervous to do so. Typically for me, that earns a thoughtful expression out of my listener, and they give me the floor. Number eight, meditate and pray. Prayer is when you're speaking to God. Meditation is when you're listening to God. Recognize or experiment with the idea that whenever you are speaking, you are praying, and whenever you are listening, you are meditating. Everything you say is a prayer, and even if it seems like no one is listening, the Creator can hear every word. Conversely, whenever you are listening, listen closely because God is telling you something. Number nine, get paid to do the things you love to do, the things you would pay to do, and or the things you would continue to do regardless of whether you're getting paid to do them. Those things that make time and space disappear from consciousness are tied closely to your gift. You love to do them, and you give your love by doing them. Make the choice to live in that state of natural abundance, which is unavoidable and everywhere you look. Make your work be something that fills you up, for that is the most sustainable job you can have. Number 10. Do these exercises. I've found that the best way to do these exercises is to conduct your own workshops for friends and family. First, give testimonials about how much you yourself have gotten out of these exercises. Second, extend the invitation for other people to join you. Invite them to invest time and money in something that you are willing to put on because of the results you yourself have gotten. 
Giving them the opportunity to invest money in the experience catalyzes them to get the value out of it. Third, take the lead and go first. If it's the confession exercise, you confess first. If it's the notice and imagine exercise, you go first. If it's the sharing judgments exercise, share your judgments. Lastly, team up with the people who seem most stoked by these ideas to attract even more attractive people.